This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. How you doing, Jason Glick? Oh, I'm doing just fine, John. How about you? Oh, not bad, considering. (laughs) Excellent. And uh, what exactly do you have in store for us this time? Okay, well, I've been... Well, okay, I I mean... uh, if you've been reading the blog and listening to me talk for for years now, you know that I'm basically very on trade paperbacks. I'm focused. You know, I like getting my comics in. It's like in like you know nice nice cl- nice collect editions. It looks better on the shelf. Takes and it's a lot less effort than you know just having to deal with like month like the, like getting stuff drip fed to you on a monthly basis. You know, for some people, it's sacrilege though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know they can deal with it though. But I mean, when you get, <laughs> you get news like today, when you hear that um, Neil Gaiman's Return to the Sandman um, overture. Um, while the first issue came out just like not just a couple weeks back, issue two has been um, has been pu- pushed from from December into February. I hear news like this and go, "Well, yeah, it's like that." Mm-hmm. Um, this is the reason I don't read. I don't go on my effort to read monthly comics anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, like, yeah, like, there's that to contend with. So, like I've, but like I said, I've, I've made my library is like is um, more than anything else built built up with like collected editions. The one exception to this is way back in the in the um, in the days, um, you know, back, you know, back before like digital had taken over everything, and the and broadband internet connections were not you know standard in every home. There's this days, there's this dark age we called the early aughts, when you know, like if you wanted if you wanted to read something like say you know Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, you had to you had to um, go on to eBay and um, buy it yourself, which is what I did. In fact, I've got I, I I accumulated a lot of a lot of click editions and a lot of single issue runs um, through through eBay way back in the day. One of the series that was a very convenient to collect through this method was um, was John Constantine Hellblazer. This is a not only, I mean it's like only, it's it's one of the um like cornerstones of DC's um, mature readers line. I mean back when um, when Vertigo formed Hellblazer was um one of the was one of the titles that was inducted along. Along with it, it's and it's um, set a, a great standard over the years for 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 like um, super, for um, supernatural supernatural action for supernatural um, action horror. It's like and like and all all around naughty naughty parts. Like it's been a, it's been a great run, and um, and the best part about it is you could just like with eBay because I mean, it's because it, the series is a series that has very been a very writer driven um series so you could just go on to eBay get oh I want the Jamie Delano run for x amount of dollars I want the Garth Ennis run I want the Paul Jenkins run and you could just like go online and just get these things um in like in the, in that in that in that order and um that's how I got to, um, um collecting Hellblazer in like in single issue form more than anything else cuz even when you know like um tides changed and they went and um DC started putting out everything in trade paperback form, I figured you know I've got Hellblazer in single issues already. I'm just going to keep collecting it as is. So, so there are years when I was like you know buying, bought it religiously. You know, even through the uh, through the mediocre times of Mike Carey to the um, better times of Denise Mina and um, Andy Diggle, and um, all the way up until um, Peter Milligan um, took over with um, issue with issue 251 proper. Now that's what I want to talk about today because. Because um, Hellblazer re- um, wrapped up earlier this year with um, issue 300, and I finally, after um, like lots of tracking down through Amazon and other other sites, I finally have all of his run. And so, after reading it, you know, it's like as far as um, Hellblazer writers go, Milligan 
is kind of middle of the road. He's not the best one who ever, who ever wrote it, which I honestly think it's, I think that, um, like, for, for all, all the crazy things he did, I think Brian Azzarello did a great, great run that died, that, um, that, that, um, unlike a lot of other writers, didn't peter out at the end. He told, told a lot of, a lot of compelling stories, and he also, um, raised the series profile and sales to the point where if, he, if it wasn't for him, the series um, would have been canceled um, long before it reached 300. He basically um, brought the series to a to a higher watermark that allowed it to um, you know, go on a slow, very, very slow decline over like you know, it's like the last um five or six, last uh, seven or eight years, well, probably longer than that actually. Um, to no, it's no, it's, it's Azarel then, yeah, Azar. If it wasn't for him, the series the series would have been ended like a, a full decade longer than it did. That's that's how um that's how high he lifted lifted the series. So chew on that for a bit. Anyway, anyway, the point. But um, also, and also, Paul Jenkins deserves credit for um being probably the most underrated writer as well. I'd love to see his his run eventually collected at some point. But seeing as how he um burned his bridges recently at DC, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So hit so his 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 run. A lot of good stories in there, and it featured the best art of, of the entire series because it had um, Sean Phillips. Because Phillips um, can do can do supernatural as well as ordinary, as well. Um, it's like just as good as any as any artist. And he it's like and he nailed he nailed that balance like throughout a lot of, throughout the majority of of Jenkins of Jenkins' run. He's great stuff, and, he's, and um, his work on Hellblazer is a reason why I think so highly of the artist today. But I'm getting distracted. Let's back go back to Milligan. Milligan is an artist who, no, he's a writer who's had lots of a, who's had um, more, who is who by all rights probably should be a lot more venerated than than he is for for doing for doing some groundbreaking um work with with DC back way back in the day. He had one of the other series that was an part of the inaugural. A vertical lineup, Shade the Changing Man, but it's also, but Shade the Changing Man is also the one series that hasn't been fully reprinted in trade paperback. I've liked three volumes that they've put out of it, put, put out of it so far, but apparently it just never, um, gathered the proper, proper, proper mind share and momentum to, um, get, to get fully, fully, um, reprinted. He's also done good stuff with other, like, you know, esoteric um, titles like say um like the uh, future future crime noir screamer and the 2080 future war series bad company and also um his um his idiosyncratic um x-men title um x um x-force and um ecstatics um done with mike with mike allred like he's he's done lots of um he's had lots of successes over the years but he's also had lots of um stuff that didn't quite um that didn't quite hit it um, in terms of you know Matt mass appeal. I mean, he, there's his ex, his run on X-Men proper, which I kind of enjoyed, but, you know, it, but it didn't quite click as far as, you know, what an X-Men story sh- should be. You also got to like, some of the ver- other various, um, like D- DC Vertigo titles he's done over the years, like say, uh, Greek Street, so, um, that, that didn't, that, um, that, that never, never really caught fire. Other stuff, other stuff like say, um, Infinity, Infinity Inc. that just kind of like, um, tanked right out, Right out of the gate, and in Milligan's like, like unlike say some of the other founding Vertigo fathers, fathers like say um Alan Moore, Grant Morrison, Garth Ennis, Neil Gaiman, Milligan has been like far more far more erratic, it's like erratic and um, and and consistent than than just about anyone else out there. 
And that's why – that's the main reason why he doesn't get um, – like take a lot of, lot of the respect that he probably should be for, for, the stuff that, for the stuff of his that did hit over the years. Anyway, he, he wound up um, taking the job of, um, of writing Hellblazer from issue one, um, 251 onwards. And, and for the most part, he had, he had a pretty good handle on, let's see, on, on, how, to, on how to write John, John Constantine. Like the, the art, it's like the, um, the working, working class mage with the, who's um, skill at bull, who's skill at bullshit, um, carries him through, carries him through a lot of, like, a lot of hairy situations, situations than it, than it should. Um, the thing, the thing about Milligan's run is that he, he's got a very arch sense of humor where characters will just say, you know, say, like, say, you know, like, have like a, like a metaphor, um, sorry, a met, like, like, an almost meta commentary on their, let's see, on, on, on their actions where they just, you know, contemplate their, they contemplate things openly and in a way that you know almost that's almost fourth wall breaking but not quite it's done wrong a million million style can come off as too clever it's like in a lot in a lot of ways but with hellblazer i asked i think he i think he did a um he did a decent job i mean if you if you're acclimated to his style and to be honest you know if you're if you're if you've been reading for Hellblazer as long as I have, then um, chances are you've probably you're probably the kind of kind of reader who like who who um, will who will take notice when he when he when he shows up. But but um with but um his but his John Constantine was kind of so he was is is just like um the kind of the, the like the uh, made made who's like hidden hidden to his um late, later years and I'm um, fine and ultimately finally saying that you know maybe he doesn't. Want to um to go through to go through life alone? Maybe he. It's time that you know after all these years of avoiding commitment or um burn, burning bridges that you know this this is finally the time for him to to, to settle down and um that and well that's kind of hinted at um broadly in the initial arc which has him um um taking um do, acting as a, like acting as a metaphor for a, a labor. It's like a uh, labor dispute he helped resolve through unscrupulous means back in the eight, back in the eighties. Um, he he tries um, romancing a uh, say a host, like a, a doc a doctor and that goes badly and then he winds up trying to uh, trying to like um get her get her um get her love back through unscrup through unscrupulous means like very unsympathetic means for the for lack of a better term but winds up getting her getting her killed in the process but. But then he finds out that you know, like the one, like the one love that he that he had was right under his nose all this time. That's um, that's that's that comes in the form of Epiphany Graves, um, daughter of um, noted London gangster um, Terry Terry Graves. Now, John's had a lot of lovers over the years, from like say um, mysticism um, based um, Zed from Jimmy Delano's original run to grand love of his life, um, Kit Kit Ryan from Garth Ennis's run. Who um, promised to love him forever as long as he kept his um, magical bullshit out of their life? <laughs> that that didn't work out well, and uh, Milligan um, um, essentially calls um, calls Ennis on it in the uh, it's like in the it's like um, later on in the run. That's 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 good fun right there when she shows up again. Um, but um, with but with um, Epiphany, um, um, probably more than anything else in this run, that's probably the most successful part of it because Milligan. Actually makes you believe that you know these two, you know, like would would be good together, and that they uh, you know make a nice nice charismatic charismatic couple from the you know from the sex they have, lots of sex, 
and the uh, and the fact that you no, know, she's already got one foot in his world already, since so she's the, she's, she's uh, like a budding, a fairly experienced alchemist as well. And like uh, you know, like even though it may like it may seem forced first, but the more but the more I read read of their relationship together, the more I actually like you know liked seeing seeing them seeing them together. I think that they, they actually um worked worked well together. So you know. The fact that you know John Constantine could actually have like you know like a um like a nice nice woman together with him that would actually make him want to settle down and make it seem believable, you know, kudos to Milligan for that. I mean, like I said, a lot of this stuff may seem come off as too arch and um too self conscious, but um, he still has plenty plenty of good ideas here from from the fact that you know, having John's trench coat um um become like a mystical become become like a mystical artifact. In its own right, to I'm um, finally I'm going back down to hell and and um, to get his sister out of his sister's soul out of there after Mike Carey um, consigned it in what I think is a very wrong-headed run. Um, back it's like back in the day, um, Milligan like you know actually does do a good job of drawing on Hellblazer continuity, um, to the point where you know hey I he goes like hey I recognize you know what he's talking about like in the background right there like when um he goes down to hell and he sees you know Rick the Vic um like you know and a bunch of other famous friends like suing his own bile, I can recognize, you know, hey, you know, I remember that from the Garth Ennis run. So, but at the same time, you know, you can just also take it as, oh, you know, he's just another friend of John Constantine's who's just been, who's been, you know, fucked by the guy in the end. So, so overall, I mean, like, I, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, you know, the best, like, some of the best stories, you know, like, like Garth Ennis's um, Dangerous Habits and Brian Nazarello's um, Hard Time and um, High Water. It's like, you know, there's there's nothing here that's, that strikes me as like a particularly classic Constantine story, one that's one for the ages. The ending that um, Milligan comes up with, you know, on one hand, it's like parts of it, I, I do, I do kind of enjoy the idea that John has to face up to his, to his problems, like with, um, with his daughter, with his niece, um, Gemma, who plays a very tragic role in this in this run, and it's kind of it's really really um, hard to read about what happens to her over the course of it. Um, I, it's like I like I mean, like uh, in the final story. I liked all the mis- misdirection he does. How basically um, Milligan says, "Oh, he, like this is like John's final final. Story. He's going to die." But you know, like, there's a lot of there's lots of nice misdirections in that final arc, and um. And I and I think it did make a fitting end for the character, up until those final pages where I just wished, you know, I I can I can I can look at this and think, okay, this is what he was going for. But the same, I just wish there was a little more clarity as to um as to it. Or maybe he just said, you know, hey, you know, fuck fuck you. Like this is what I, this is what I want. You're gonna go ahead and make make your own um decisions. So like, if you've been reading Hellblazer all these years, like me. It's like you're gonna find a lot of a lot of Milligan's run that's generally generally pretty agreeable for the most part. I mean, like, is it essential? Well, you know, if you're like me and you've made a point to collect the series from beginning to end, then yeah, it's like you know, like, it's it doesn't it doesn't um get the character as misread the character's um goals as ba- appeal as badly as Mike Carey did, who basically wrote um John Constantine bitch for um most of his run. But um, but Milligan does like he does do a good job of, like um, of of 
coming up with a lot of, a lot of fun supernatural action that is, that's been helping raise bread and butter for the year, for many a year. He also has um, some very able artistic support from the, from the tag team of um, Giuseppe Camicoli and Stefano Landini. Kevin Coley um, provides the um, layouts because he's um, also um, been um, putting in time at Marvel over the years with work on um, Superior Spider-Man and various and various other projects. But um, but he but he um, first got his big break on Hellblazer way back in the days of Brian of Brian Azzarello, and um, he, it's like and um, he's, he he turns in some some good solid work here with um, Landini, um, um, like just doing having a grand old time putting put. I'm putting some more, putting some nice finishes on his on his lay on his layouts, and they both um, they're both um, world class at um, uh, depicting all the crazy supernatural menaces that John has to face from the uh, from revamps of the first of the fallen to in, to demons from India to where to, oh not werewolves that's someone else <laughs> to um to, like you know just all all sorts of cra- all sorts of crazy shit it's good. It's good stuff, and it's a good deal brighter than um, most Hellblazer stories are, which I like. Which I like. It's, you know, most of it's most of the series is just kind of you know just dark. It's like dark um, off colors. But here with the uh, the various colors who um, do take on the series, I like um, Jamie Grant and um, Trish Mulvihill. It's like, this is a this is a very bright run that uh, makes the um, that makes all the creepy supernatural shit stand out sound much more. Great great work from them, but they're also all the other people who fill in throughout the course of the run, from say, um, from say Gail, Gail Bertrand, um, does some, does a couple of nice fill in issues, but also um, Simon Bisley, the uh, cover artist, and a uh, Bisley is the kind of guy who whose style starts it over the top, and um, just just goes crazier from there. Here, so he manages he managed to dial things back a bit to where things are just just insane from his depiction of like a, of a dark dark and grimy London. And it's, it's like, and looking at his, at his style, it's like, it's, it, it's worlds away from the, um, from, from, from Kevin Coley and Landini's lighter work. But it's, but Bisley's, um, gritty, like, gritty, creepy work is like, is a lot of fun to see. So overall, you know, the, like, um, all of Milligan's run is available in trade paperback form. So if you want, you can pick it up. But, um, and if you're like me, it's like, yeah, you can probably just, uh, just pay the right, Pay the right owner to get the um get the series in single issue run, but you know Milligan's Hellblazer. You know if you're, it's like if you've if you've read everything else in the, else in the series and you're looking for a decent for de- for decent stories with John Constantine, you don't mind like you know arch self conscious humor poking through, you know on a fairly regular basis, then I recommend it. John, so any thoughts on this? Trade paperbacks are awesome. <laughs> yes, I, I, I really do like them. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, maybe like Hellblazer is like kind of it would be ideal for say the omnibus treatment. We're just getting like say 25 issues of a series, um, you know, in what in one go. But but I don't think that's going to happen anytime anytime soon for the for the series. But I mean, that's if you want if you're trying to collect all 300 issues. Well, you know, best of luck to you. I mean, the best of. See, then the. I mean, best of luck to you because I mean, like, yeah, you've. DC is. It seems to be slowly, slowly working to bring in, bringing in everything, back into print. I mean, I just read in their solicitations that hey, they're getting the two issue, Darko McCon fill in, um, into into print. But you know, is there has there been anything of the Jenkins run reprinted? 
not at all. So if you want Ronnie Paul Jenkins Hellblazer, which is really very good, um, then yeah, eBay is your is the only way you're going to be able to do it. Yep. Do you know what you're going to talk about next time on this podcast? <laughs> not, a, no. not, not a goddamn clue at this point. <laughs> I would say I would say Vinland Saga, but I already wrote that up. But hey, it's like I just want to um, go on and say that's an excellent series. It's like it would have been like one of the best series of the year if it had matched its if the if the um on pages 130 onwards has been has been as good as the first 129 pages, but overall it's, fan, it's great stuff and and it's great to finally have a, a series from Kodansha that you know I want to buy that you know hasn't that isn't like a legacy title like say Battle Angel Alita or Genshiken. Okay, and with that uh, we'll call it tonight, and we'll talk to you next time on Comic Picks by the Click. Yep. Later. Right. Bye.